meeting the people in your community. Here's Lisa Kay with Talk of the Town. We are checking in with our master gardeners on Talk of the Town today. My name is Lisa Kay. Welcome back to the chair. Kim and Joyce, thanks for coming back in. Hello. Hello. Glad to be here. Well, good to have you in. We've got to check in with what's going on in people's gardens, in their yards, and whatever's happening right now. I'm thankful that we got at my house on my rain gauge two inches of rain in the last couple last weekend. Thank goodness. And it cooled off a little. I was so happy I could go outside and work in like my pants and my long sleeves Mm -hmm. and not be sweating my tush off and it was pretty nice yeah yep. beautiful uh, we we got about an inch at our place and um you know i was i was hoping for two but you know you never don't always get what you hope for but but an inch really really helped a lot everything mm-hmm. just almost within hours just greened up and just you yeah. know came to life here's the question though i noticed that when we get that kind of rain that the plants seem to perk up so much more than if yes. i were to just run a hose on them yes like, what, what is the deal there well, I think the one thing that everybody generally, if you thought about it, you'd realize is your hose, that water is ice cold. And, mm-hmm. and even though the plants are, are really needing a drink, it, it there's a slight shock factor there uh-huh. when you do water them with the cold water. Now, the thing you really should do, I mean, if you have all day and nothing else to do, you should be putting water in pails, letting it warm up a little bit from the sun. <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then you, yeah. but you know, I mean, if you have as many plants as I have around my house, you'd be that would be I'm retired, but that would still be a full time retirement job. So, you know, I just use the hose. I, yeah, I have yeah. to I, I have I to. think part of it too was the long slow soak that we had. I mean it sprinkled it was, nice. was a perfect it rain right. throughout the day. It was I think and I'm gonna preface this with I could be wrong. But I believe that when it rains too, it's different. The water's different than when yeah. it comes out from the hose. That's what I was thinking, like nutrients. It includes or nutrients something? that the hose Minerals? water, yep, that the hose water exactly. does not have, so the plants are like much more happy. The other thing, though, mm-hmm. I think now one thing, and this seems I'm sad to even have to say this, but with our rainwater, depending on what's been going on with their air quality, yeah. like some of the rainwater uh, recently was really laden with the smoke particles, mm-hmm. and yep. that's not necessarily good for the plants either. Okay. No. You know, and the other thing is, I it was just reading about this. People are talking about uh, well, using their you know rain barrels and catching the water off from the roofs and that kind of stuff. Um, generally, that's that's a good idea if you're using it for like flowers or ornamental plants and stuff. But there can be detriments to using rainwater if it's coming off of like a asphalt roof oh, for sure. vegetables because some of that mm-hmm. some of that chemicals could leach into the into the water and then depending on your situation or whatever right. but i was just yeah. reading about that and was like yeah i never thought about that before like but, you a know, really old roof yeah that like the a really old building off. you know it depending on where, where you're getting the rainwater from for vegetable gardens anyway it's probably better not to do that but yeah. speaking of rain i did want to say something and we say this all the time but sometimes people don't you know like pay attention if you are watering your mm-hmm. garden you should make sure that you're watering from the base and yes. not an overhead sprinkler system. Yes. Um, because things, you know, the tomatoes are a very, very good example. They really, you don't want to be watering from the top. Is it, it the splashback from the soil? It's the splashback from the mm-hmm. soil. Plus, the, depending on if it's warm or what the situation is, you can be, that cold water can shock them. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's just really, it's best if you can water from the base. But it it kind of depends depends on where your garden is what your setup is 
Uh, in some situations, the only way you can do it is with a sprinkler, and then it, the sprinkler is better than nothing at all. Right, and so uh, I think it, in order to combat that at my house, we run a soaker hose. Yeah. And How's that going? It's really well. Good. It's going really well. We attached um, a soaker hose to the bottom of the cattle panels, which the tomatoes grow up. I don't use yeah. tomato cages. And then... Um, we have a soaker hose kind of snaking through the garden. There's a little bit of overhead watering that needs to be done, but I do have soaker hoses running along the base of my cucumbers yeah. mm-hmm. as they climb up a cattle panel arch. Yes. So I think that's helping quite a bit, especially with things around this time of year when we get a little bit of heat, uh, if we have that rain, with things like powdery mildew. Want to talk about that at all? That's part of that overhead watering. I mean, it stresses out the plants enough that it can introduce pests and well, fungus the fungus uh, the powdery mildew in, in particular is in the soil okay yeah and that if you, get the, what, if you get the splash up that's going to and some plants are far more susceptible to that than others but but mm-hmm. um some of your flowers flocks for example or even peonies mm, are, my peonies i'm noticing you know, it on there now. and the, mm-hmm. that the powdery mildew is it's it's ugly but it generally would not kill the plant and it's really treatable with a copper um copper sulfate uh uh, mixture in it's it, the thing about that is in, that treating it with that copper mixture that's not like using a chemical that's naturally occurring it's but you yeah. know it, it's a it's so it's a safe way to is treat it the it. same thing as a copper fungicide yeah okay yeah. Yeah. yeah and our our peonies i think in southern minnesota here in this part of the state because of that immediate heat from the cold and then the heat they were just so stressed out Right. This year that I don't can't tell you how many times I've been like researching and looking at my peony blooms and being like, why didn't that bud open? Why was that one brown? Is this the botrytis disease? What do I got going on here? Right, right. I mean, and I think a lot of it had to do with it was a rough year for the peonies. Yeah. And the roses, sure. too. I noticed that whole flush of first blooms on my roses. I cut them all off because they had something yeah. where they weren't yeah. opening. Yeah. And I think we talked about that yeah. last time. So um, if we go back to the vegetable garden and we talk a little bit about uh, tomato care with our master gardeners today, um, what I'm noticing right now as I'm tying up my plants mm-hmm. uh, is I've got a lot of little green ones, little green tomatoes yeah. that I are do happening. Too. Yeah. I do, too. I happy. get so excited about that. I go out and talk to them, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I have to say, I haven't crossed that line yet, but I'm <laughs> probably getting there. But the one thing I really wanted to say about tomatoes is to make sure, especially since it, you know it's been dry, to make sure that you're keeping the moisture level even. And what I yes. mean by that. Tomatoes need a minimum of an inch of rain a week. Okay. Now we have obviously haven't been getting that, so you really do need to go a out minimum. there. Minimum, a minimum. Okay, yeah. You need to go out there with some supplemental, you know, rain. And the thing, the, the reason I'm saying that is because tomatoes are pretty tough. They might wilt a little bit and they'll come back and stuff. But once some, you start getting your small green tomatoes on there, yeah. If you have a real fluctuation, a wild fluctuation in your moisture. The first thing that's going to happen is you're going to find black ends on tomatoes that look oh, beautiful. Blossom end rot. Blossom end rot yeah. mm-hmm. will absolutely destroy your tomato crop. So that's not from a lack of calcium. Well, it, it's it's related to a calcium deficiency, but it's more uneven. But it's it's it's, it's uneven watering that causes oh. it to kick in, mm-hmm. and so it's really important. Um, I would say to make sure that you're. Tomatoes need fertilizer unless you have such an incredible spot that, you know. So Not me. Any liquid <laughs> liquid uh, or water-soluble fertilizer is a really good idea. Like, you know, yeah. there's different, we don't advertise any particular brands, but I'm thinking like 
Miracle Grow. Everybody's familiar with that. They have Miracle Grow for tomatoes. They have a tomato tone, or there's yeah, a tomato you, food, yeah, like yeah. water soluble. You can very tome. Yes, one water the, water soluble yeah. is important. And we can kind of touch on that too. The the, the, the trace tomatoes need a lot of trace elements. They're pretty yep. they're pretty tricky in terms of what they want, but the water, the even watering, is what they really really need. So Joyce, then when should we start to fertilize those tomatoes? If I did some fertilization when I planted the plants. Mm-hmm. Um, how so that was like your initial fertilizer, right? Like yeah. when now I've got the green tomatoes there. Now are we? I would them? I would say you should at this point fertilize about every ten to fourteen days. Oh, you know, okay. Give, yep. give them a and not follow the directions. I mean, I you know, in the case of fertilizer, more is not necessarily better, but give give them some fertilizer. And mm-hmm. you mentioned tying up the tomatoes. That's extremely important. You don't want them laying on the ground, right? You know, yeah. You some days we up. have windy days, and yeah, that'll Plus, wreck your tomato plant in a heartbeat. In in terms of diseases, tomatoes are real susceptible to a lot of problems. But one of the best natural cures for that is if they're if they're up off the ground and there's plenty of space between plants, air movement keeps mm. yep. keeps a lot of those diseases down. It it really does. And the other piece, I just kind of went through this. <laughs> The other day, we we plant, you know, we have a, quite a few tomatoes, but we didn't necessarily tag what, okay, this is a celebrity and this is an early, we just planted them. Okay, At the so, end, they're tomatoes, oh yeah, right? They're Joyce tomatoes. has a go fish garden. But, but, any, but the problem is <laughs> the tomatoes seem pretty short and they're flowering like crazy. Yeah. And, and my brother said, well, I don't, maybe we should nip off some of those flowers and then, you know, they'll get bigger and... And I said, well, we could, except we're not exactly sure what those tomatoes oh, yeah. are. And if we, if we nip them off, if they're determinant tomatoes, we've just nipped our crop off yeah. for the year. So either do a better, I mean, for me, do a better job and label stuff and not just <laughs> figure I'll remember or just let them go and see what happens. Right. But I've also had that experience with we always grow a lot of celebrity tomatoes. Celebrities are supposed to be determinant. Ours have bloomed from the time they... <laughs> They start blooming until frost, and they're not supposed to do that, but they just have. Hmm. So they're probably just happy. I don't know. But, um, you know, that's how it goes. Good plant care. Can we touch on that water-soluble fertilizer, too? Yeah, can too? we? Because there is a difference mm-hmm. between the dry fertilizer that you might sprinkle around the yeah, base like of the plant. Yeah, like a granular. Mm-hmm. So those are like a, what they call a slow release. So that's good to do if maybe you're going to be gone for a period of time. Um, and. You mean the granular? Yeah, that's a slow release. And water-soluble is more of an instant gratification for the plant. They can take up the nutrients a lot faster. Okay. Um, There's a benefit to that, too. And I think that tomatoes can do either, but I prefer water-soluble because you can control it. And you can even half the dose if you want and do it sooner, but in half the time. Okay. So if that makes sense. So it's more of a consistent... So you know what I'm hearing is is you're talking is like here's my my project for the rest of the week because yeah. I do have the water soluble yeah. fertilizer I just haven't put yeah. it down yet so yeah I'll need to do that Master Gardeners in studio with us here for Talk of the Town today we talked about tomato care in the first segment and now we're talking about some of those annuals and some of those hanging baskets and I'll tell you that yesterday my daughter and I were out with the scissors with the and. She said, you know, if I didn't know what you were doing and I didn't understand all of this, I would say, you're killing the plant. Yeah. So I went around and I gave haircuts yep. to, to everything. And people that don't understand that might not. It um, really helps yeah. them. They really enjoy that. And I even learned that like petunias, when you like, I used to love when I was a little girl, just 
taking the petunia bloom and just when it was spent and just pulling it out. Not right, right. No. Yeah. You can go back behind the bloom and you can actually cut it back and you can even cut it back down to its first set of leaves. Mm-hmm. And then it's a little nicer and tidier. And like I've seen where people will take the geranium, the spent bloom and just cut off the bloom. Right. And then you right. see all these sticks stick, sticking yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. You can go ahead and trim them. You can dig your hand way down in there and get down there with the spiders and stuff and <laughs> cut that sucker with, down there. With geraniums, go right back to the stem and, yeah. and snap that off or nip it off. Yeah. You, you don't want those ugly brown. They'll and they're happy. And yeah. they're happy. Turn, Why they, feed it? Yeah. You know, you don't need that space, no. right? I no. know with my roses, I've, I've been going down to the next set of, is it five leaves yeah. um, from the rose heads yeah. that I see and, and taking those off and getting more. But what else do we need to know about those hanging baskets other than like feed them, right? I mean, yeah. well, that's the thing that people, you know, the wonderful rain we had last weekend. But the thing you need to when we if you had an inch like we did. That water run right, runs right through the pot and it does leach all the nutrients. Especially if they're so, the soil like is, tends to dry out really yeah. fast because there's, let's be honest, when they come from a place, mm-hmm. uh, nursery or um, a flower garden center, they're not usually unless I've, unless I'm taking care of them at the farm because yes. those are full. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know I've done that. Yeah, you know they're not necessarily packed full of a soil. Right. Um it's more roots. I mean they get yeah. rebound. And as bit. they grow then they get more rebound and there's less soil there per roots. So you have less feeding them, less mm-hmm. ability to hold water. So it's real like when we get that rain, like Joyce is right, it'll just if it's bone dry, it'll just run right through it. Well, yeah. you've got some some hanging baskets. Couple that I have, I have to water every day, even since mm-hmm. I, you know, even with the rain, because yep. the baskets aren't that big and the flowers are really thirsty. Yeah. But the thing to remember about that, and I always use a bloom booster. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I fertilize like once a week, every seven days. Yeah, me too. And mm-hmm. you, you almost you can I fertilize on Sunday mornings is what I do. That's you know? funny because I think I'm, yeah. I'm you know, on a Sunday Monday schedule. But, yeah. um, so and it's important to keep doing that. And the, but the other thing to remember with now, thank God it's a little cooler. But mm-hmm. when it was so incredibly hot and dry, it's a bad idea to. It's better to fertilize like either really early in the morning. Yeah. Or after there's not hot beating sun on your plants because the plants get stressed by that, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know that's the last thing you want to do is introduce fertilizer in a stressed situation because the plant thinks it's supposed to take it up and it gets it's it's really you put you can shock the plant into um, stop blooming completely if if you're if you're bad enough if you if you mm-hmm. if you mistreat it bad enough. Sometimes enough. I'll do where I put a little bit of water in there first. Or I'll even bottom water it, where mm-hmm. I put it in a bucket and let it soak it up from the bottom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I will maybe go back that night and fertilize it at night. Then, okay, yeah. that's a good. That's just a good so plan. that it's not like you're not just watching all your money go out through the bottom of the plant that you spent money on to enjoy, right? And want it to bloom more. So yeah, there's little tricks around that. I've even chucked a little bit more soil in mine, just so there's some more potting soil in there. Um, so that as they grow, it's not like there's like a two inch lip from the edge of the pot yes. where there's no soil and it's all roots coming out. And I'll end up chucking a little bit more um, soil in there. I'll even um, go back through and cut some of that stuff off and trim it up. And then it 
you look like you're killing it, but then it ends up being much more. Yeah, give it like two weeks, Mm -hmm. right? After Mm -hmm. you give it the haircut. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about heat tolerant plants in our last few minutes here. Well, I think some that are that are classic that maybe people don't realize are just pretty common. Vincas are really heat tolerant. Yeah, fine, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 Vinca is. Vinca, it's it's they look. They look kind of like an impatience. Oh, the same okay, kind of color. okay. Mm-hmm. They're well, real sturdy. They'll wilt a little bit, but they snap right back okay. as soon as the sun goes over. Verbena is another one. Yeah. Um, lantana, cosmos, and obviously sunflowers. I mean, yeah. Coneflowers. And, and pentas. Some people don't know what pentas are. They're, they're actually, the flower has six sides to it, so or mm. five sides to it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah, penta, um, penta. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, five sides to it. Um so anyway, those are the really heat-tolerant cosmos are heat-tolerant. Mm-hmm. And another one... My mm-hmm. cosmos are looking great yeah. right now. Um, Same. Perslane, or actually that's oh. portulocula, I guess, or, or moss rose, really, really heat-tolerant. Because those thick leaves, they just... The only, it's like a succulent looking yeah, They're almost, almost like a succulent, but the problem Which, is if it's too dry or too hot... They don't die. I mean, they all hang on, but they they mm-hmm. they kind of close their leaves up and they don't they won't bloom. Oh. Even if there are blooms, the 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 one that I have hanging by our screen porch, when it's it it blooms kind of later in the afternoon and it stays in blossom kind of overnight, and then when it heats up again during the it, it, the flowers close up. Okay, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of but that's that's really you could almost put a gauge on there and and water and heat you could you could record what that plant is doing and you could know what's happening outside it's, mm-hmm. it's really an interesting plant and it is in the same it's not you know the purslane the the you know the the weed that makes all of us sick i mean and i don't know anybody who likes purslane mm. um that it's in that it's a hybridized version of that okay you know so it's not it's it's not that weed that you know grows and takes over everything and makes you tired. Right, which somebody said, oh, it's edible. The I, I oh, I, I did. It is. I Personally. tried it. It's not good for me. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of like <laughs> it's, not my, it's not my cup of tea. It's not my thing. Mm-mm. It's kind of like you know, kale is obviously very edible. Yeah, but you have to somehow get past the taste. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was gonna say so are Brussels sprouts. Yeah. You don't see me growing them or eating well, them. But we actually sorry so to we the people are, that are love growing, them. I think they're okay. We're I like growing them. Brussels sprouts. Yeah, my apologies. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it's just you know you have to. But those are the ones I just named. And the interesting thing to me right now is. All the places that are selling plants, the greenhouses, the nurseries and stuff, they all still have a lot of plants around and they're running some pretty good sales right now. Not so too late to buy. It's not too late to yeah. buy. I mean, you know, if there's still stuff out there. And if you if you had a couple of, you know, um, problems or deaths in your plant, in your beds, um, because of the heat and lack of watering or inappropriate watering or whatever else happened, it's not too late to pop some stuff in mm-hmm. because you'll still get... Um, you'll still get flowers. Yeah, some of these plants too, especially something like um, lantana. I love lantana. Oh, they're so, so beautiful. I. They attract the butterflies and the and the hummingbirds and stuff like that. But those, you know, they're cons- almost cons- well, not almost in Florida. They're in in Texas parts they're of perennial. Texas. They're considered a noxious weed oh are they <laughs> yeah because but are they considered funny? a perennial there they're, we're oh, here they're def- an no, they're annual perennials. Won't they're survive. perennials yeah. definitely in in texas and florida yeah. uh but those you know if you bought one right now and potted it within a, a week or two it's going to be just exploding with blooms yeah. they're just real really prolific and yeah. they tolerate heat and they you can abuse them a little bit and they just keep on blooming well yeah. while you're doing that at the big box stores don't forget to pick up your water-soluble fertilizer. Exactly, yes. exactly. Good yes. tip. Yeah, so you can go out not too late to plant. Uh, what are we talking about next time? Oh, everything. 
<laughs> Anything we want to talk about. Yeah, we could continue on talking. Probably more rain, let's hope. Oh, yeah. yeah. A little bit of rain coming, hopefully. And Sounds and like some more. You know, I have a just a little personal uh, thing about the rain. What's been happening to us is whenever we plan to like, oh, well, let's grill for supper. It rains. Yeah. yeah. So we keep well, grilling. We're, we're going to grill all week long because we're br- <laughs> we're grilling. bringing on the rain. You know, <laughs> a nice that, slow that grill happened, that happened on Father's Day for us, and it just yep. it happened this past weekend also. Oh. We had plans. We kind of were making a special dinner, and sure enough, the sky opened up. <laughs> so, <laughs> there we go. So we're going to plan to grill for the foreseeable future, I guess. Well, thank you like for that. the for the grill plans. We appreciate that. You're welcome. In the garden. Our master gardeners, Joyce and Kim, in today on Talk of the Town here on KTOE.